wait. Okay. Wait, wait. <laughs> Welcome to episode 100 of the podcast. Wait, so. <laughs> That's enough. No, wait. No. Okay. Of the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. W-E-I-T. W-T-I-T. Yes, WTIP. IP. Boundary Waters podcast. I remember my first trip, my impression was that the Boundary Waters was the land before time. And I still get that feeling when I'm out there. Well, I get to roast marshmallows, hot dogs, and swim, go in our hammocks. Sometimes we play in them, and my mom takes naps in them, and sometimes we sleep in them. When I set off on my first solo trips, still had a lot to learn, and all of a sudden I was stumbling around out there on my own. There's this relationship with the snow, the ice, and the cold water that you, you need to negotiate. It's hard for young people that don't have a connection to the wilderness, how, how do they start that connection? How do we make it available to them to where it seems possible? You can look to Venus, you can look to Mars I will set my sights by the northern star And in the deep dark blue come the northern lights Oh, and in the deep dark blue come the northern lights my, my name is Gabi, I'm coming from Germany And I've been here in the Boundary Waters since 25 years in winter and 20 years in summertime for canoeing. And I'm here with Gabby, overlooking Rose Lake, and I'm Joe Fredericks. And I'm Matthew Baxley. We are standing in a well-known place in the Boundary Waters, the cliffs that tower over Rose Lake, where you can sit in Minnesota and peer into Canada overlooking the pristine waters after passing by Rose Falls snapping a few photos sharing a few memories because a lot of the things we're talking about on this episode are about the catalog of memories that we all accumulate through years of wilderness travel Hello, my name is Bear Paulson. I'm the general manager here at North Star Canoes. At the beginning of 2018, I got a call from Joe requesting that I discuss how to choose a Kevlar canoe on a podcast he was starting. Our discussion went fine, though I don't think either of us was stunned by its content. In early 2018, the podcast was still too new to have a clear direction. Fast forward, and it's apparent Joe and Matthew have hit their stride. Now their podcast not only has a clear direction, but an original and authentic voice. We're celebrating 100 episodes, but Joe, that's well over 100 stories. Absolutely. The people that we've met who have shared their experiences of the Boundary Waters, people like Gabby out on Rose Lake on a beautiful day in the fall, people from all over the United States, Canada, Germany, the podcast is just all about these stories about this place. I know we talk about it a lot, but 
why is it so important that we share our stories over and over again like this? Because that's why we're here. <laughs> right. I think it's important because so many people connect with the Boundary Waters. It's this place where they go and they feel different about themselves even and, and about this planet and what life on this earth is about or it can be about. And to be able to capture some of those stories and put them in a platform like this on the podcast that other people can relate to it, this living vicariously through, relating to, that's why they're important. Absolutely. My experience, and I hear this in all of the audio diaries and all the stories that we get to share, is that in day-to-day life, I don't get to be my fullest, real, truest self. When I go into the Boundary Waters, I feel like the most real, authentic, truest version of myself in the way that I wish life could always be. So when I have those experiences and when I hear other people's experiences through their stories, it keeps that feeling alive, that hope of who I really am. What we've also been able to do with the listeners of this podcast is build a community around the place where people are sharing their stories with us, recording audio diaries. We just heard on episode 99, Heath took the time from his home in Kansas and his trip on the Laos River. We've heard it from people hiking the border route trail, trips in the winter, summer. Quetico. Yeah, it's just been this interactive thing that we've ended up doing, Matthew, and I don't think we necessarily set out to do this, that we've done with the listeners. It's something we all have co-created and continue to. Hey, my name is Shug. I'm a hammock camper. I have a YouTube channel that basically deals with helping people with their hammock journey. And through this, I met Joe Fredericks and Matthew have actually walked with them on the trail and gotten to know them and got turned on to the Boundary Waters podcast and got to watch them actually record it. And the greatest thing about being in the Boundary Waters, if you've never been, is even a loud guy like me brings me down a little bit. You're in this place of nature where you want to, I have this thing that I go, woo, buddy, Matthew and Joe on the Boundary Waters podcast, 100 episodes. But this would come out in the Boundary Waters like this. Woo, buddy. Hey, Matthew and Joe, way to go on 100 episodes of the Boundary Waters podcast. I mean, I think it really gets good at 103. 96 is not a bad number. 100 is a nice square number. It's like retirement number. Congratulations. It brings us, it brings people like me who have been there when I'm at home working on things. I can listen to you guys talking in your reverend tones, which the Boundary Waters does that to you. It affects you physically and mentally and in so many ways. So thank you. I love being out here in my shop. I can listen to you guys talk about an adventure and get a little jealous about the fish you catch. But congratulations to both of you. And here's my Boundary Waters big, loud woo buddy. Woo! Way to go, fellas. One thing about the podcast when we're talking about this 
community we've built and people coming together and sharing their stories and you and I getting to just be a part of that. Everyone saying, you know, oh, we thanks for doing the podcast. We appreciate it. I'm so grateful to do it for one thing, but also that people are sharing with it and are part of it, that it's not just you and I, that it's this much larger thing that's happened. When you say we, you don't mean you and I. Mm -hmm. You mean all y'all, us, (laughs) we. Yes. And it's a beautiful thing, but it's not all bliss. So here we are at 100 episodes, and we're out on Rose Lake with Gabby at the start of this beautiful day. I had this chance, though, to go paddling with Gabby the few days before then on this route off Poplar Lake. And I bring that trip up specifically because it directly links in with what we're talking about, about the podcast and this family and the people that are involved and the listeners are as involved as the contributors as are involved as you and I. There's no difference. Listener, contributor, storyteller, story hearer. And it all came to bear. On a portage. So Gabby and I are sitting out here on the edge of the boundary waters after a beautiful day of paddling. Covered quite a few miles and a bunch of different lakes, portaging, paddling, and it was the first portage that we are on. We come paddling up. We're trying to beat these two canoes with four guys in the canoes. Let's get ahead of them. They got a bunch of gear, and we're trying to move fast, so we're really paddling quickly. We get to the portage right at the exact same moment that these two canoes, these four guys, get there. Oh, geez, you guys are really fast, or we're really slow, they said. And I said, well, we're really fast when we got Gabby here. Oh, and then the guy kind of pauses and he says, Are you Gabby from Germany? From the Boundary Waters podcast? (laughs) The first portage, Gabby. What was your reaction to that? (laughs) Yeah, the boy, the man was from uh, Arkansas. And he said, I heard your voice so many times. And said, yes, and you... uh, I recognize your uh, your voice, and I said, "Yes, my German, terrible German accent." And he said, "No, it's a terrible, but it's a German accent." And I felt like a movie star because he said, "Can I make a picture of you and show?" And we standing at the portage and said, "And when I tell my wife what what happened to me, I can't believe it." He was so happy, and it was such a funny situation. Actually, we, we did have a chance to talk with that uh, gentleman, Gabby, that we were talking about from Arkansas, uh, who recognized Gabby. So let's hear what he had to say. Hi, I'm Graham Nations. I'm from Prairie Grove, Arkansas. I've been listening to the podcast since about episode four or five, maybe. So a long time. Yeah. Okay, and uh, we're here in the Boundary Waters now, and the chance meeting that we had at the Portage uh, leading into Caribou was because you recognized Gabby and Gabby's voice. Uh, Tell us about that. Well, we were at the Liz Portage, 
or at the Liz at the end of the beginning of the portage from Liz to Caribou, and you said well, the reason why we're so fast is because we have Gabby, and then she spoke, and I was like, oh, are you Gabby from from the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast? She's like, yes, I am. So, so here we are. Yeah. <laughs> and what was that like for you to you know put a face to the name awesome. and yeah seeing her and seeing you it was it was uh very unexpected very unexpected but a, a great day <laughs> nice okay well so this is a uh, hundredth episode now that we're doing here in the podcast and you got any favorites uh personal favorites from along the way like i say i've listened to so many i listen to them while i run typically but i think there was an episode early on where you you were talking about rock climbing i remember at one point uh, I think that was that you or was it? Yeah, yeah, Matthew was. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're Joe. You're the yeah, you're the fisherman. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I remember the recent one about um, when you guys went down in the river. That was a pretty that was a pretty emotionally charged episode. Yeah, yeah I remember it. Yeah. Well, uh, I hope you guys have have a good trip. Uh, if it's a nice fall day like this, and uh, appreciate you you know saying hi to us and, and good to meet you. And thanks for listening. Thank you so much. It's it's great to meet you all. Challenging experiences in the wilderness, whether it happens to you specifically or to me specifically, or we experience it through somebody else's story, it leaves an impact like your capsize with Eric Dickus up in the temperance. And those types of things, you can respond in different ways. You can either avoid it, which feels safe, maybe have some long-term impacts. What's the other option? Confront and move right through it, which I did recently. I returned with Rick Slatton from the St. Louis County Rescue Squad, who we heard from in episode 91, who gave us the famous, infamous, however you want to think of that quote of, you are a hair's breadth from dying. I went back to the site where the canoe capsized between Baker and Peterson on the Temperance River. And I have to tell you, it did not look anything like it did the day we capsized. It was weird being there. Imagine a lot of feelings came up. Okay, going along the portage here from Baker Lake up to... Peterson here with Rick Slatton the captain of the St. Louis County Rescue Squad and we're gonna go into where I had my most intense experience in the Boundary Waters a fall day cold fall day windy and uh, leaves all over the portage there's a lot of down trees some cut trees here on the portage rocky portage as we go in and so this would have been where Matthew was running after having heard me yell for help being stuck in the river at this point and probably right about here Rick I bet is where the canoe turned there's the tree right there this guy here the nope this this one out Oh, that guy. Yeah. Okay. Yep, that's where I got hung up, right there. 
So what did you do? Uh, you superhuman strength. You pushed off. Uh-huh. Did you go down on the end or did you go over the top? Over the top. Wow. Yeah. And then what? You took off like a jet plane took, downstream. Yep. And then Matthew came right through where that cedar is probably. Uh-huh. And I was able to grab onto that alder and there's alder up in there yep, and yep. cedar there. Yep. And grab that and it swung me into him and then he kind of helped get me up and uh-huh. out of the water. So then your paddling partner ends up over here, right? Yep. He shot down. He grabbed those cedars there oh. and got out there. So he got out of the water. He's staring up at me as I'm on the log. And he, that's what haunts him, he says, you know, to this day, is the look on my face as he's standing there looking at me, knowing that there was nothing he could do. Yeah. See that little uh, knob sticking out the bottom there? Uh-huh. That's, it's fortunate none of your gear or clothing or anything got stuck on that. What are your thoughts, Rick, about seeing the, the size of the log, the diameter? It's a classic strainer. It catches things and lets the water go through. And that much hydraulic pressure pushing you downstream. You were indeed fortunate to get out of there. Well done. I'm glad we're standing here. Mm-hmm. So if you hadn't or if you'd gotten hooked on that little knob right there, we wouldn't be talking like this. Mm-hmm. As we were out at the temperance that day, there was the heavy mood I brought to this. This is I'm sitting on this log where I was pinned just a few months before. Rick had some... A heavy heart that day, too, and it had nothing to do with me. Rick's wife, Deb, passed away earlier this summer. It was 103 days from the day that she had passed away to the day we were out there. Rick told me that. And Rick and Deb spent 30 years traveling the Boundary Waters, search and rescues, countless search and rescue things that have taken them into the Boundary Waters. And this was his first time really addressing that, going into this space, not on a mission, but just paddling a canoe. And talking about it and going into the dark. Not bad dark, hard dark, unknown dark. Mm -hmm. The space of complexity and power in our spaces of grief. Wow, there's a lot of places we could go with that. Well, first of all, I'm doing it. I when I, I I gave Deb's eulogy and a lot of people said that they couldn't they couldn't figure out how I was able to do that. But I stood up and I talked about Deb and, and the reason I did it that way because people were telling me type type it up and have somebody else read it. No, no, it's I I have to be the one to say this. I wanted to int- I wanted to tell the gallery about the Debbie that I know. And I have to keep doing it. I have no choice but to keep breathing. She would not want me to wallow in my own grief or in my self-pity. So people tell me I'm doing remarkably well. Well, they don't get to see me when I'm alone. But I, I have good moments. I have bad moments. I no longer have bloody awful moments. What's it like to go out into the Boundary Waters with me today and, and she's not there and she's not going to hear about our day? And how's that? That was one of the toughest things. I, I, I teach a full immersion class on tactical medicine at Camp Ripley every year. It's called Thames. And it's six days full immersion. And every night at the, end, at the end of each training day, 
All the cadres sit down and we have a debrief and a planning session for the next day. And at the end of that meeting, for the past 14 years, I have stepped outside, pulled up my cell phone, and called my wife. And this past class, which just ended on the 29th of September, that meeting ended and I had nobody to call. That hurts. That's, it's like getting kicked in the belly. And there are moments like that, and there always will be. There will be triggers, I'm sure, that provoke bad, you know, the bad moments. But we nailed marriage. We had 33 incredible years, and then we've been retired for nine and a half. And except for those 12 days for the planning meeting in the spring and the actual Thames in the fall, 12 days a year, with that exception, Debbie and I have never spent a night apart in nine and a half years. And I just, I have to take strength in that, is that she doesn't want me to wallow in it. There are things that have happened in the last 103 days that would not have happened if Debbie hadn't died. I've, I think I've saved one of my relatives from suicide and uh, saved a friend from suicide, and those meetings would not have happened if Debbie hadn't died. So, yes, I miss my wife terribly. I don't know how Woodstock is going to carry on with half the teaching staff gone. But uh, I got to keep breathing. I got to keep, we're, we're doing it, and I have to, I have to keep doing it. Thanks for going out there with me today, Rick. And It was an honor. And you ask me what I thought and what I felt, and what was way more important is what you thought and what you felt. And it was an honor and a joy, and I got to paddle in the Boundary Waters today. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was a good day. Then we came back to Grand Marais for fish and chips. Not a bad day. So in the way that I moved into the traumatic experience from the Temperance River and the way that Rick leaned into the loss of his wife, Deb, from this summer, her passing, going out there, talking about it with me. Same thing happened to Gabby when she came back on this most recent trip. Well, Gabby, there's this is a distinctly different experience for you coming back this time. Can you explain, for anybody who doesn't know, why this trip is different than the ones before it? Would you mind explaining that? Can I, get this I, 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 I try. I was here always with my husband, and we spent the, by, the time together, both of us. Two times we've been here with, with the Godchilds, and yeah, it was our favorite place, and he passed away two and a half years and I never thought that I would come back or I could come back until and Joe invited me I think every fourth or fifth month he wrote a mail and said you have to come and now I decided I will come I will try it by my own I was afraid I was happy and now I think it was the best decision to come because it's it's so much remembering and it's so wonderful to have people around me who look for me who help me who are happy that I'm here who tell me that I, that I shall come back in winter for skiing like like we have done it so many years 
And yes, I have a real, real good time. I'm happy, unhappy, everything. I'm laughing and crying and it's, it's such a good time. Our stories of grief and loss and pain are just as important as our bliss and our overcoming, our moments of the moose and the lake trout and the walleye and the sunsets and sunrises. It's all part of us, life, and the place and the stories we have to tell to stay connected to who we are. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to keep doing it. This is Eric Dickus from Omaha, and I just want to congratulate Joe and Matthew on their 100th episode of the Boundary Waters podcast. I met Joe and Matthew back on episode 18 on my first trip up here to the Boundary Waters, and it was a great experience to meet Joe and to follow the podcast and listen to all they've brought to people that can't make it up here or, or who have been here. It's a great podcast, and I still listen to all of them, and they give me that little sense that I'm actually up there again visiting. Joe and Matthew become two really close friends over the years, over the past five years. Been on ice fishing trips up here with them and fall trips, and it's just a great place, and I just really want to thank Joe and Matthew again for all they've done for me and my family to bring these great memories and memorialize them. When we started this, did you have any idea we'd end up with this direct, open, let's let's tell these stories in the truest way we can through the listeners, with the listeners, our own experiences. Did you have any idea this was going to happen? That's the best part, Joe, is like I didn't know. And anybody who knows me knows I hate unknown. (laughs) That's a whole area of discomfort in my life is to have to deal with unknown future. But it actually also allows for the most beautiful things to unfold. And it's become, I had no idea, but it became that way because that's what people kept talking about. Eric Dickus losing his dad. You know, the stories keep coming. Did you expect it to be this? (laughs) I didn't have any idea of two things. One, that it would become so well-known and recognized and associated with the Boundary Waters. I didn't think it'd grow beyond basically anything else that the radio station does, which is local, what's going on up here. This has grown, when we go to Canucopia, the amount of people we get to engage with, I could have never have imagined that ever. I'm so grateful that it did go that way. I also didn't expect us to get quite so serious about some of the things that we've covered because our original idea was you and I are going to go on our trips. We'll interview some people about gear. We'll do some things along the way about food and just keep it pretty lighthearted. <laughs> I forgot about a lot of that, actually. <laughs> so, so I didn't think it'd get quite so real, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. But I guess that really is the only option. It's proven to be. It's proven to be. And as you said, Matthew... We've been on a journey now with some of the people who have been on numerous episodes. You you talked about 
Janice Matichuk and the longest serving ranger in the history of Quetico Park. We got to have dinner at a table in the cabin at Cache Bay with Janice. And the next time we go back, we're going to see a plaque memorializing Janice. It's a new thing that just happened this fall, even after our visit with Peter and Stacy. It's all continuing, even through something like death, Matthew, and that is a powerful concept. There's no way I could have known that it was going to be that impactful on my life. It's changed my life. Death is as a part of our lives as our birth and our life, and it shapes who we are equally to everything else, and We've, I think, gone through our own journeys of learning to face mortality and death and grief with all of you, our listeners, along for the ride. It's been really kind of an honor. It is an honor. Within that, we've also had a lot of fun. So much fun. (laughs) So much fun. It, you know... So many folks over the course of, you know, have told us how they enjoy it, look forward to the next episode. So do we. So do I. Uh-huh. What, you know, what's going to be around the next corner? I don't know. We often don't know. Mm-hmm. And so who knows what's going to happen in the next hundred. But I'm sure flipping excited to find out. <laughs> The podcast has been a beautiful way for me to connect with the Boundary Waters. I live in Ohio and feel the distance strongly just to keep updated in any season with what's going on and also to hear stories. Thank you, Joe and Matthew, for being such an inspiration, such entertainment, such um, warm-hearted and wonderful people that keep the connection to the Boundary Waters going from anywhere in all time. You guys are the best. Woo! Here's the thing about Boundary Waters Podcast. This isn't a campsite evaluation podcast. This isn't a trip report podcast. Of course, there's going to be some things like that included in the podcast, but the podcast is more about, it's a deep dive into the human experience as it relates to the wilderness. Matthew and Joe did an incredible job over the past 100 episodes the thing about this uh, this podcast, to me, it explores people's emotions as it relates to the wilderness, how people interact with the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness. People often ask me, what's your favorite episode of the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast? The next episode is my favorite episode of the podcast. I'm always looking forward to the next episode. Congratulations, Joe and Matthew. You've done an amazing job. I remember when the podcast was just a twinkle in Joe's eye. And now here it is 100 episodes later. Wow. Um, We've had lots of fun. It's been great to see the podcast evolve through the years and just uh, also wonderful to see people's excitement about it. I think it's really brought a lot to people about the Boundary Waters 
helps people learn about it more and appreciate it and discover things they probably never knew. So Joe and Matthew, once again, congratulations. Happy 100. Ah, man, it's fall paddling. Got to make sure your straps are good on the top of the rig here. Things rattling the whole drive to town. Joseph! Joseph! What the heck? Ed. Joseph! Ed! Ed! Hello, Joseph! Ed, man! I was oh, suicide for sore eyes! Wow! Good to see you. I haven't seen you in ages. How the heck are you? Oh, it's great to see you, too. What's going on? Well, as best as I can figure, I died a few years ago. Well, I want... I, why are you... How are you here? Well, What's going on, Ed? I, this is, I, it's been a long slumber, but something drew me out of my deep sleep. Murmurings of 100 episodes. <laughs> I couldn't be more proud of you, boys. Where's Matthew? Uh, he's running out, getting some audio out in the, out in the Boundary Waters. I'm, I'm getting my canoe on right now to go meet him. You boys have done so much with this storytelling. Well, you've been along the journey, Ed. It's so great to see you. Wow, you're part of it, Ed. As my time draws near, your time is just getting started. That's true. And as an old-timer like me would know, storytelling is the fabric of our humanity and must be carried forward. And you are just the ones to do it. Thanks, Ed. That means a lot coming from you. Um, how's your mother doing? My mother's just fine, thank you. What about it? Just curious. Well, just making small talk. I oh, oh, yeah, so sorry. Yeah. Get sensitive <laughs> about my mother. You know, she did birth me on a portage in the Boundary Waters. And it's great to see you. I gotta go meet Matthew. I've got to go rest. This old boats. You keep it going. Tell Matthew hello for me and all those people out there that you see in the magical web of life. You got it, Ed. Take care, oh, okay. man. Take Come care. On, wow. Oh, man, Ed. Jeez. What a day. Hey, Joe and Matthew. This is Adam from Tumblehome. Big shout out on reaching 100 episodes. Pew, 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 triple digits. Uh, the internet says that most new podcast hosts give up before reaching 10 episodes, and I understand why. These shows, they're a lot of work, but when the hosts love the stories being told, it doesn't work at all. And that's a rock fact. The park is full of fascinating stories and beautiful people. It's amazing to me there aren't more Boundary Waters podcasts by now. It's crazy thinking how all these episodes will still be floating around in space and time long after our last camping trips. I'll always remember being neighbors at the Midwest Mountaineering Expo before we really knew each other and it still felt like we were podcasting rivals of some sort. And I'll never forget catching lake trout together and rolling fresh sushi on the ice in episode 58, Trey Tastiamo. But my favorite episode of the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast is definitely episode 55, Trail Kids. It's the story of meeting new friends, exploring new waters, of so many people that love this place and took a job in an outfitter and never left. On behalf of myself and Eric and all the Tumble Homies, 
Thanks for the show, guys. Happy paddling. Congratulations on 100 episodes. Yeah, happy 100th episode. Uh, You don't look a day over 30 episodes. Yeah, big fans. I think you deliver a lot of great content for seasoned paddlers and new folks to the Boundary Waters. And so I think it's engaging and interesting for all groups. And so we keep coming back for more. Uh, We can't wait for each episode. Thanks, Matthew and Joe, and all your friends that you talk to, including us. (laughs) Congratulations to Joe and Matthew and the whole team at WTIP for reaching 100 episodes of the Boundary Waters podcast. The crew here at Sawbill Canoe Outfitters loves the show. Thanks for sharing the stories and bringing us all along on your journey. You know, the the stories that you share and all the things that you feature on the podcast are so important. I think in our daily lives, whether we live on the edge of the Boundary Waters or whether we live in a city, you know, hundreds or thousands of miles away, it's easy to get caught up in the day-to-day and all the stories that you're sharing, this really important storytelling just brings us right back to to the Boundary Waters and reminds us how important it is, not just to us, but to to so many, so many people across this country. So thank you. Thank you for your dedication. Thank you for continuing to to elevate the Boundary Waters, this amazing wilderness, through through all the all the stories that you're sharing. It's Jason Zaborski from Ely Outfitting Company. Joe and Matthew, congrats on 100 episodes. That's wonderful. And kudos to you two. I love how the podcast is such a wonderful mix of news and information and the colorful stories of the Boundary Waters region. You two seem to be having so darn much fun, but at the same time, you're doing the really important work of memorializing and safeguarding the stories that embody the shared history of this special part of the world. And without you, much of this could be lost with the passage of time. So thank you so much for keeping these stories alive. And please, please keep it up for another 100 episodes. You're off to a good start. We love you guys. I like to sing, I love to dance. I play the fool if I got the chance. All around the campfire light. All around the campfire light. I got this attitude, old guitar. Not trying to be no star. There's enough of them in a summer's night. Oh, there's enough of them. Summer's night Well, you can look to Venus You can look to Mars I will set my sights by the northern star And in the deep dark blue Come the northern lights Oh, and in the deep dark blue Come the northern lights I paddle feeling not thinking if the strokes are true. We're gonna get through to the other side. 
Out in the night, the waves beat the shore. You can hear 'em pounding, you can hear 'em roar. Rule me, rock me in my dreams. You can rule me, rock me in my dreams. So I like to sing, I love to dance, I play the fool if I got the chance. All around the campfire light. All around the campfire light. All round, all round, all round the campfire light. I'm talking now with the musician who we just heard, Ian Tamblin, and he is at his home in Chelsea, Quebec. Ian, good to talk to you again. Thank you very much. Nice to be on your show. Well, 100 episodes, and you've opened up and closed basically all 100 of those and been on WTIP on the airwaves many, many times over during the past five plus years. And so let me open with thank you on behalf of Matthew and I and the radio station and all our listeners, because you were gracious enough years ago to say to a stranger then, that being me, yes, you can play Campfire Light on your podcast about the Boundary Waters. And I'm curious what you recall about our initial conversation around that and why you decided to do that, Ian. Well, it's a bit of a no-brainer. I mean, uh, in some ways, because it's, you're so close to my home, which is my original home, which is uh, was Fort William, Ontario, now Thunder Bay. So it's like uh, giving something to a neighbor. You know, you want some salt, some butter? <laughs> you want a song? Sure. It's easy to do. Uh, so there was no problem for me to do that. And it's just sort of in the neighborhood. So it was easy, you know, and the, the nature of the show kind of suits my ethic. Most of my canoeing, actually until this summer was on Lake Superior and Canadian waters. But this, this summer I went out to include Quetico, which I would include as part of the boundary waters oh, for yeah. sure. So we ended up on Pickerel Lake and Pickerel River this summer and it was just fantastic. And so I got an appreciation of it. And of course, one more thing is, you know, uh, Aldo Leopold and Sig Olsen books I've read. So it was just like a way of parallel and, a, and an acquaintance, let's put it that way. Mm. And the song Campfire Light, what do you remember about the origins of that song and where you wrote it and what inspired it? Well, I think just uh, at the time I wrote it, it was a long time ago and I was just starting my career and I had this choice, you know, you know, go to Los Angeles or go to Toronto and try to become a, you know, uh, a James Taylor or something like that. But my own proclivity was to go canoeing. So by the choices I was making, I knew at that time I would never be a star. So that's where the line comes. There's enough of them in the northern, you know, in, in, in the northern night, mm -hmm. you know. So that was part of it. And I had really, I started canoeing kind of in university. 
So it was just getting used to that. You know, I just something for your listeners. There is no better meal than a meal made on uh, a flipped over canoe. A summer sausage, some uh, pumpernickel bread, a tomato and some pepper and a bit of mayo. You can't beat that. And then you get back in your canoe. <laughs> but uh, all those things, that's what goes into the song. Yeah. And also, I mean, I like the just the motion of a canoe stroke. If you're doing the J stroke right, it makes this little gurgle as you pass by and then the swirl. And that's a swirl that then becomes the past. So you're you're leaving that little curl as as you as you continue. And right now I've got a really nice uh, it's so old, maybe 70 year old Peterborough canoe that we I've just had recanvassed. And it just goes through the water so smoothly. You can have your ABS or Kevlar canoes. In fact, I would like a Kevlar canoe if I was portaging, but for for just flat water, just give me a cedar strip canoe. <laughs> well, I'm so glad to hear that you, you were up in Quetico in 2023 and you stopped by WTIP years ago now it's been and and played Campfire Light for us at the radio station and that was a beautiful moment so we've got to meet in person and as I said, you're, you've been with us on this journey to 100 episodes uh, from the very first episode, and I just can't express enough gratitude, Ian, for how much the the song and the podcast and, and this whole journey has meant uh, Matthew and I. So, again, thank you, Ian Tamblin. Well, here's to um, 100 more episodes, if you've got it in you, and thank you for playing Campfire Light. I mean, it, it's, well, maybe it's a gift from me, but it's a gift from you that you're playing it, so... Thank you.